from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And like in, in a sound check, all of a sudden I could feel, you know, the bass and drums hitting and, and you know, everything was loud, but at a good level. And, and it, it just, it was such a comforting and exciting feeling. Um, you know, just the experience of getting into a venue and, and, and feeling that again is what I'm really excited about. It's shaping up to be a very fun end of summer and it's going to go by really, really fast. Um, I don't think you can keep that spirit down. Um, you know, people are still writing and making music during the pandemic. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last week, the St. Louis music scene welcomed a brand new venue, and it's a big one. Here's our producer, Evie Hempel, with more. The factory in Chesterfield can hold up to 3,000 guests, and it did just that as it welcomed electronic music producer Deadmau5 for a sold-out, grand opening show on Friday. For Brian Karp, chief operating officer of the factory, the venue's debut was a long-awaited one. He spoke with me a couple days prior to the event. It's very exciting. I have been working on this project for just under three years. So to see it come to fruition, to see people inside the building and enjoying live music again has really been very satisfying. And I'm grateful to be a part of the team that is helping bring an additional opportunity to see live music to the St. Louis area. In addition to Dead Mouse, the venue is snagging a lot of other national touring acts with quite the lineup planned in the coming weeks and months. We have all different types of genres coming. We have a free show um, brought to you by The Bull um, with Matt Stell on July 29th, and you can reserve tickets through our website for that. Um, then we have some classic rock bands with Air Supply and The Beach Boys coming in mid-August. Um, Billy Bob Thornton, um, the actor, is coming with his band The Boxmasters at the end of August. And then we have Cheap Trick and Joan Jett um, on August 28th. And then right after that, we get into The Roots, um, which is very exciting, on September 5th. Um, we have a sold-out show with Mark Reblett on September 11th. And then um, we have a little bit more um, different genres coming through. Sublime with Rome is playing in mid-September, as well as Everclear. And then A Day with the Pixies, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then we get into some comedy. We have Nikki Glazer coming, which is almost sold out. Um, we have Madeon, which is uh, another EDM artist, um, and then some traditional rock and roll and blues with Buddy Guy on October 8th and Melissa Etheridge on October 9th. And again, that's Brian Karp of The Factory. But The Factory isn't the only big new venue shaking up the St. Louis music scene right now. Maryland Heights' outdoor St. Louis Music Park will celebrate its grand opening on August 3. The Centene Community Ice Center, where the music park is located, opened in 2019. But this is the first time it will be hosting live music events, as General Manager Lance Rosenberg explained. In the wintertime, we're four ice sheets, and then the outdoor ice rink converts to being an amphitheater. And we've never been able, since we've opened, to really fully have our facility at the full capacity. And now that uh, this virus is on the downside, the ability to bring live music back, uh, the excitement with over 24 shows this year, uh, 
and our strong partnership with Live Nation. It's shaping up to be a very fun end of summer, and it's going to go by really, really fast. And that's Lance Rosenberg with St. Louis Music Park. All of this raises questions. Is the center of live music in St. Louis shifting to the west of the city, at least when it comes to major touring shows? And is the St. Louis market able to support both these new spots and older ones? Joining me in studio to offer his perspective on the state of the local concert scene is John Henry. He's a locally based musician and for a long time was the talent booker for Off-Broadway. Now he's gone independent and is taking shows to the Old Rock House, Chesterfield Amphitheater, and other venues. John Henry, welcome back to the show. Uh, Thank you for having me. Um, Hearing these leaders at the factory in St. Louis Music Park describe these shiny venues west of St. Louis, I'm curious, as someone who makes a living landing great acts for other St. Louis venues, does the sizable new competition worry you at all? Um, It doesn't particularly worry me. Um, I think that if you look at St. Louis as a a metropolitan area, you know, the, the, by numbers, the, the city is, is shrinking a, a bit every year right now. And I think that um, as people move further west, it, it provides an incentive for, for maybe even a, a, a larger base of people to see shows. So I think, I think, um, I think the city will always have a, a major presence as, as part of the scene. I think it'll always be focused there. But I think with, with these other venues opening, it, it, it provides an opportunity for people that may not have won, you know, make the drive in to, to see different shows. What about the fact that all this growth is happening just after so many months of so few in-person concert opportunities? Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's interesting timing. I I think that um, the thing with, with that, with regards to music, with regard to the two shows is that, um, you know, we were, we were just in in a standstill all of a sudden um, and, and there wasn't a a necessarily a, uh, an ending point, which made it real difficult. And then, you know, suddenly this spring, it, it, you know, the play button was hit. And with all these other venues, I mean, uh, there's, there's such a huge amount of shows coming through. I think that in the short term, it, it's going to be good to have it. And, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how those venues do in the West. You know, I've, I've seen them, I've, I've been to them, and I, and I think they're really great. Um, but there are great venues here in the city of St. Louis as well. So. And I want to go back to those big new ones in a bit. But we have lost some venues entirely over the past couple of years um, in the city. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, there, was a f- there were a few that, that are no longer open, for sure. Um, yeah. Any ones that particularly come to mind? Yeah, I mean, I was sad to see the the Ready Room go. Um, I know the people that um, owned it and ran it, and, and I enjoyed playing there, and I enjoyed going to shows there. Um, you know, and, and it was in a, in a cool area, so I was, I was especially sad to see that one go. But, um, you know, you never know what, what can happen here in the next few years as things settle back in. It sounded, um, when they initially closed the Ready Room, I thought they were saying they hoped to come back yeah, at another location. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be cool. It was, it, was, um, it was a fun place to go see a show and, and fun place to play, and, I, and I'd done some work there, and I enjoyed it. It was always a great experience, so, I, you know, I hope that whatever they're working on, you know, works out, what, you know, as, as good as possible for them. Well, back to some of these big new ones. I'm fascinated by the ways in which these uh, westward venues are built and built. When I spoke the other day with Brian Karp, chief operating officer at the factory in Chesterfield, I asked him if the rise of that venue and others out that way suggests a westward trend in the live music scene. This was his response. I think there's always been an opportunity for additional venues in the St. Louis market. And one of the things that we saw when we were developing and designing the factory was that once you went above 2,000 seats in the St. Louis market, there wasn't really an opportunity for a flexible space. The, the Fox Theater and, and the Stiefel 
um, are great venues, um, very traditional with fixed seats, whereas um, the pageant and us here at the factory have an open floor. So it, it lends to being able to dance and move around and enjoy yourself in a little bit of a different way than some of those more traditional theaters. Um, so we really felt that there was an opportunity for us above 2,000 seats, and we really wanted to help elevate the experience in the market, um, give bands another opportunity to play, because when you know all those venues are booked with Broadway and, and other things going on, there are a lot of acts that skipped the St. Louis market, and we feel we're really adding to the St. Louis market as opposed to detracting from any of the venues that are already on the scene. That's Brian Carp with the factory in Chesterfield. He also told us why he's confident people relatively far from Chesterfield will be willing to make the trip there for these shows. One of the things that really helps mitigate that is our free parking, um, our proximity um, right off of uh, Highway 64 or 40, depending on how long you've lived in St. Louis, um, at Boone's Crossing. It's a really easy on and off um, from the highway really great accessible parking. We've got a dedicated Uber, Lyft, rideshare area to make it easy to get um, from wherever you're coming and drive safely out here. And we really focused on not only the fan experience, which includes, you know, six entrances, uh, charging stations in, in all of our lobbies, access to seven bars throughout the venue, terrific sight lines, completely unobstructed, um, as well as all of the artist amenities. So four dressing rooms, really easy load in and load out, a nice, safe environment for people to come and enjoy themselves. So we feel that, you know, what we were able to do as a ground-up build is something that can't really happen in a lot of renovated theaters, especially if they're historic. And it made us um, take little bits and pieces from a lot of different venues, both new and old across the country, and develop that into our plan to make what we feel is going to be one of the best venues in the country. Again, that's Brian Karp, Chief Operating Officer at the brand new factory venue in Chesterfield. John Henry, Brian mentioned all these amenities, which certainly sound great. Do you feel like the less fancy places can still compete? I, I think that the um, the trying to compete in that particular area is something that, that some of these more historic venues such as Off-Broadway shouldn't even try to do in a way um, because I can speak firsthand that the amenities there are, are, are very nice. It's just, it's just a smaller room, so it's a toss-up. So you can come see a band in a club like that, and you can be close enough to the artist where you can almost touch them. And, you know, maybe you don't have a f- cell phone charging station, but you're that close to the artist. So it's a trade-off. And echoing what Brian had said in that interview, I, I think it's an interesting point because I know with regard to the Fox, I mean, it's the most beautiful venue you could ever see. And it's a dream to put a show on. But with the Broadway productions and things like that, it's harder to have a consistent con- concert lineup there. So with the opening of the factory in St. Louis Music Park, it may not be so much as, as – um, cutting into what they would be doing, but it would just open up some more opportunities for bands to play the market that wouldn't be able to get into the the Fox. That makes sense. Um, I want to play one other clip. I asked Lance Rosenberg with the St. Louis Music Park if he thinks the center of live music is shifting to the west of St. Louis. And he didn't think that's the case overall, but he did point out this. You're seeing that with the new venues opening up, that's where the shows are going. Um, you know, for our our facility is unique in so many different ways because it is that 4,500 seat amphitheater. It's a need that St. Louis uh, 
you know, the St. Louis market needed in the past. Um, you know, the shows would skip over St. Louis, especially the ones that wanted to play outdoors. So this is a facility that meets the demand from the promoters, the agents, the bands coming through uh, St. Louis. John Henry, does what Lance Rosenberg said there resonate with you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in my experience with with the festival that we're putting on it called Open Highway, it's at Chesterfield Amphitheater. And I think that that's one of the the biggest secrets that, that, you know, folks in the music scene may not know is how nice it is to see a show at at that particular venue. So I I think that it, you know, as the weather's nice, it's, you know, for me, it's always been great to see shows outside. I think that will help. And I think that Chesterfield Amphitheater and... and, uh, you know, provide they they provide a unique experience for a show in the warm weather months. I wanted to ask you about that shift. Um, I understand it, uh, Open Highway Music Festival has typically been at Off Broadway, but you've shifted it to Chesterfield Amphitheater this year. What sh- what prompted that? I've, my ambition was always to expand it into a larger event that was based more outdoors, and it's just hard to put that type of event on at the venue. Um, so when we decided to to make make the change, it's it it. It was a case of the easiest solution is also, you know, often the best solution. So um, they're really great to work with, and it's a, it's a great spot to see a show. There's, um, you know, speaking of amenities and free parking, it has that, and so it just it made it made a lot of sense, and um, it's a, it's in a very easy location to get to, and you know, safety. So how are the ticket sales going? Good. I know that's in early August. Yeah, early August. I mean, it's it's selling well. Um, we're really excited about it. You know, always, always want more and more and more because I think that if people come and experience this festival and, and the show in the new area, that it's it's going to be a really nice experience for for live music fans. Cool. And you're playing there too um, later this month. Um, yeah, I'm opening for Lucero on um, July 31st. There, yes. Awesome. Well, zooming out a bit, um, I want to know what your sense is of the overall health of the local scene right now. I mean, we've had like 17 months of this pandemic era. Are you and other local artists in your circle finding those opportunities right now popping up? Yeah, I think, you know, my experience of it is is that in, there there are people here in the scene that that take this incredibly seriously and they work really hard and they play and they're and they're really good at what they do and and you you just have to fight to get to get your music heard and you have to work even harder to get some of the better gigs and um, I don't think you can keep that spirit down. Um, you know, people are still writing and making music during the pandemic. And, um, you know, here in St. Louis, we're blessed to have like, you know, a lot of really great bands and, and food and, and beer scene kind of combined with that together. So, uh, you know, it, it was a rough year, but I think, you know, things are definitely looking up and, and, you know, to quote Tom Petty, it's like, you know, weak ones fall, strong carry on type of thing. So, um, I'm talking with John Henry. He's a locally based musician as well as a longtime talent booker in the region. And we're talking about some new venues out west of the city and what that means for the larger music scene. You've been uh, booking talent here in the St. Louis area for a long time now. And now you're kind of, it sounds like, branching out independently and doing this. How have you seen that community involved in all the promotion and booking kind of support each other? Yeah, I I think when you, you know, when you boil it down, um, here in St. Louis, there's there's a handful of, of people. It's a pretty small scene of people that are, are booking shows and putting shows on. So the support and the mutual support and, and in general positive relationships with within that, um, you know, has been helpful. You know, people reaching out, seeing how you're doing and vice versa and um, just kind of looking out for each other. And, and, you know, we're all in the same boat with it. So it, it, it's been kind of a shared 
miserable experience, you know, <laughs> that we're coming out of. So but you're all still here. Yeah, we're still here. Yeah. I was kind of thinking back on the pandemic. I have to wonder if there were times, um, you know, over the past year and a half where you found yourself wondering if the days of live music were <laughs> completely behind us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting thing. I, I never thought that. But, um, you know, I think the hardest thing about the pandemic um, for me personally, and, and maybe maybe others as, as well, was just not knowing a definitive end date. <laughs> so, you're you're waiting for something to change, but you don't know if you know when just that date is exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and and as humans, I think that that's something that we we struggle with. But um, you know, for me, from from the beginning, it was it was clear that this was going to be around for a long time, and that um, you know we were all in this together in in a, in a certain way, and and there was really not a whole lot to be done and artists on the same side of that too they could you know they wanted to tour and and play and all that too so have some of your associates moved on to like completely other different fields um you know a couple have but in general um i'm working a lot with the same people that i worked with before the pandemic and we stayed in touch throughout um you know just you build a relationship with people and you you know care about how they're doing and vice versa so um even though we weren't actively booking shows we were still actively talking yeah. Well, in preparing for this conversation, um, I actually stumbled across a great Riverfront Times interview with you from a handful of years ago. Mm -hmm. And you were talking with Allison Babka about mm -hmm. the inherent value of concerts and festivals, including the Open Highway Music Festival. Um, and I want to read this. You told her this, uh, quote, a lot of people come to the festival. The bands make money. Their agents make money. Their management makes money. Bartenders get paid for that night. Breweries and distributors get something. But the most important thing out of all of this is that people are happy. You're doing a lot of good for a lot of people. It sounds really basic, but it's true. Concerts are good for the community. Um, John, you've been doing this qu for quite a few years now yeah. since then, but do you still feel the same way about just that sheer value of these gatherings? I do. I do. I, you know, I mean, I think that you know, for me, uh, growing up, it's, you know, rock and roll and, and, and music were, were the things that I cared the most about. And, um, you know, you know, especially as you get older and, and things in life get more complicated and, and you have more responsibilities and you're just looking for a time where you can just be in a moment. And I think that's tougher in society now, but I think that that's one of the best things about live music is that, you know, it's what's happening right now in front of you. It's, 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 a, it's a completely in the moment feeling at its best. And uh, I think that's what I miss the most and what I think what a lot of a lot of other people that go to shows miss the most. Well, I have to say, even as someone who tended to be a bit of a homebody even before the pandemic, I can't help but feel some real excitement about all these announcements of upcoming shows. Let's listen as Lance Rosenberg runs through some of the big acts that St. Louis Music Park has coming soon to Maryland Heights. Opening with four shows in five days with Blackberry Smoke on August 3rd. Jason Mraz the next day, then Brothers Osborne, and then we get an off day, and then Lindsey Sterling. So we're showing the diversity of all the different music genres um, right off the bat with country, um, little EDM, violinist, you know, uh, some Southern rock, and then obviously Jason Mraz with some pop. Um, you know, outside of that, we have St. Louis's Urge, Counting Crows is going to be big for us. Um, you know, we have an EDM show with Louis the Child this year. We have our punk rock with Flogging Molly. Um, you know, Three Doors Down, who used to perform, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s at 20,000-seat venues. They're coming here in September. 
311, uh, Judas Priest, who used to play at, you know, football stadiums. It's hard to believe, you know, we're going to have, you know, a show like Judas Priest here, but, uh, you know, it, it, having that rock, classic rock version. We have Machine Gun Kelly, which is, by, uh, right now, it's sold out right away. And then we have our radio show with Alice Cooper, and then the one that, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, I'm excited about is going to be Nathaniel Rateliff at the end of the summer. And again, that's Lance Rosenberg, general manager of the Centene Community Ice Center, where St. Louis Music Park is opening up in the next couple of weeks. John Henry, um, I want to give you a chance to, we're hearing all these artists mentioned, can, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Open Highway Music Festival's um, highlights? Yeah, sure. Uh, be happy to. Um, so it's August 5th through the 8th at Chesterfield Amphitheater, um, Old Crow Medicine Show, Marcus King Band, Watch House, Sunvolt, Whitey Morgan, Maggie Rose, um, those are some of the nationals that are playing. And then we also have um, 12 bands here from St. Louis, so it's an equal Wonderful. amount. Okay. Yeah, so those include, you know, Funky Butt, Brass Band, Mighty Pines, Sleepy Rubies, River Kittens, Little Dylan, um, which I'm really excited. I'm super excited to see him play. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, 24 bands over four days. How long have you been putting this on? How many years? Uh, this is the 10th year, and I think the quote that you pulled was from year one. So oh. <laughs> I'm glad that it held up the way that I, f- I feel now compared to that. So. Yeah. Well, in our final minute or so here, um, what are you looking forward to the most in these next few months as live music is bouncing back? Yeah, I, you know, the thing that hit home with me was um, we put a, a record out in April and we got to play the pageant for, and for me when we were doing that. It, like uh, we were doing a sound check and, and they clicked, they turned the bass on. And, and again, like in, in a sound check, all of a sudden I could feel, you know, the bass and drums hitting and, and you know, everything was loud, but at a good level. And, and then it, it just, it was such a comforting an exciting feeling that that you know it's a very mundane thing if you're an artist you know sound checking but um you know just the experience of getting into a venue and and, and feeling that again is what i'm really excited about and, and just being outdoors and seeing you know people enjoying shows it's i i'm very excited to be back with it well john henry thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today thank you for having me and that was local musician and talent booker john henry speaking with our producer evie hemphill Let's go out with a track from one of the bands headed to Chesterfield Amphitheater in just a few weeks for the Open Highway Music Festival. This is The Well by the Marcus King Band. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. 
Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.